Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. It allows you to potentially live rent slash mortgage free for years and it's a great way to build up a portfolio with a pretty low level of risk. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and best ever listeners, how you doing? I'm so glad that you're joining us and I'm so glad to have you today. This show is all about cutting the fluffy stuff out of the conversation and getting straight to the real estate advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Jay Papazan, the co-author of The One Thing and many other bestsellers with Gary Keller spoken to Robert Kiyosaki and uh, well a whole lot of other best ever guests this is like episode 500 and something so we've had a lot of conversations and if you haven't listened to all of them then shame on you go listen to them with (laughs) us today we've got Nicole Bryan how you doing Nicole I am great how are you Joe I'm doing really well and I know that there's a snowstorm headed your way right now I'm glad that you're able to fit us in before you start doing some serious shoveling, so we'll make this uh, very efficient. Have a wonderful conversation for you. Get all uh, bundled in for about 24 hours. A little bit about Nicole, and then she'll get into it in more detail. She is the owner of 16 rental units across six cities. 
She's based near Washington, D.C. She works in Washington, D.C. She's about 20 minutes outside of D.C. That's the biggest city, so I'm going to go with Washington, D.C. She's been debt-free for over 15 years, except for her mortgage payments. And she has been a previous facilitator of Superwoman Mastermind on financial literacy and goal achievement. And she has a Facebook page that you can go check out. You can go look at that and click through in the show notes page. With that being said, Nicole, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more background about your focus and uh, your experience and what you got going on right now? Sure. Um, not 100% sure exactly where to get started. I can say my current focus is to be not just debt-free, but financially free within the next two years or less. It's been my focus for the last couple of years. I'm so much more committed, even more than ever before. I have been in education my entire life. I became a teacher when I graduated from uh, Georgetown back in 2000. Well, not sure my age. And I was driven by just the mission to serve um, kids in areas where they weren't getting the support that they needed. However, my family, especially my dad, was could not understand why I was choosing to make $29,000 a year after a very expensive formal education. And so I promised him that he wouldn't have to worry about me, that I'd figure it out. And so I have been sort of having a dual role my entire life in one field, kind of working within education to the point now where I manage uh, elementary school principals. But I have simultaneously this entire time been building my real estate portfolio on the side and just reading hundreds and hundreds of you know, personal finance books, real estate books, just wanted to make sure that I would get to a point where I knew I had chosen the my passion, but also that I hadn't uh, sort of compromised my ability to have financial freedom along the way. And so right now I'm doing, I'm starting to do a little bit of coaching. I have my, uh, my first couple of coaching clients, and I'm leading a couple of uh, financial freedom mastermind groups. So. Very active so far for the start of the year. You said you graduated in 2000, right? Yes. Graduated in 2000. As you said, uh, you won't mention your age, and I wasn't going to ask, so don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> um, At this point, it's, pretty, it's probably pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we, we can do, we can we can do, do some math. Uh, quick math. Yeah. Unless you're a non-traditional student, then all bets are off. With the focus that you have now on becoming financially free... Is the goal to primarily achieve it through rental units? Absolutely. That is the um, my primary focus and strategy. Been what's been most effective for me. Uh, with that being said, I do um, contribute to a 401k up to the match because it felt like a no-brainer to do that. And so I do have funding invested in a 401k, but my primary source of, of passive income with the short-term goal of being able to be financially free um, in a couple of years is driven by my real estate portfolio, for sure. Let's talk about that real estate portfolio. You're in six different cities. Mm -hmm. Why are you in six different cities? Well, that's a long story. I started a while ago. And so when I, um, when I just started, I was pretty much uh, purchasing properties, living for a couple of years in each property, and then moving. And then I would move for different reasons. I would move if I uh, found a deal in a in another city that seemed like it made more financial sense. 
in one instance, I moved to a different city because I found a great property that would allow me to have two other roommates to support uh, paying most of the mortgage payments. So essentially, they've been strategic moves building the portfolio. Um, as of recently, I've been looking at cities outside of where I currently live because I'm priced out of my market. So I'm looking in um, in cities with um, the, the cash to cash. <clears throat> the cash on cash return is stronger, and that kind of pulled me out of where I've been investing in for the last few years. What cities do you have properties in? So, so far I have, I don't know if anybody will know these cities. I'm in, I'm in Maryland. <laughs> so I have properties in uh, Bowie, Maryland, um, Largo, Maryland, all pretty much, you know, one or two cities away from each other. I'm from Marlboro, Maryland, Atlanta, Maryland, and a few in Baltimore, Maryland. And most recently, Port Jefferson, Ohio. And Where did that come from? <laughs> that was my first uh, experience resting out of state. And I kind of said to myself last year, you know, if the Maryland, D.C. market and uh, the local markets aren't the best for you, you need to, you know, start having confidence to look outside. And so I found a fourplex that was um, pretty much fully occupied where the seller agreed to provide seller financing for my down payment, where the cash on cash return was phenomenal. And I, you know, I just I felt like I couldn't say no. So I did some research, talked to a few local property managers in the area, talked to, you know, a few home inspectors and things of that nature, checked out vacancy rates and felt good about moving forward. And so I did. And I still think it was, it was a scary move, but it, it was a good decision. The cash How did you find really it? Solid. I uh, found it on Craigslist. How did you come across Port Jefferson, Ohio, <laughs> living in Washington, D.C. on Craigslist? Oh, my gosh. I um, spend probably three to four hours, if not more, every weekend scouring Craigslist. They're like gems out there. I started looking at just the real estate listings in the you know different towns in the Midwest because the price, I, I really like the uh, rental income compared to the value. I was looking at Cleveland, Columbus, came across Sydney, Ohio, and then found the actual listing was listed under, I think it was under Cleveland, Ohio, when I clicked on it and saw the address. The address wasn't for Cleveland. So the town was just so small. There were like 600 people. I called the agent, and she kind of described the town and shared why she had posted it on Craigslist where she had. And it kind of, I think I got kind of lucky. Cincinnati and Columbus are closer to Port Jefferson than Cleveland. Yeah, I think she was kind of just hosting it. She, yeah, she's doing a shotgun <laughs> approach, wasn't she? She's just like, look, no one's going to type in Port Jefferson in Ohio. So yeah, yeah. let me put this wherever I can to get some attention, okay. get some traffic. And it worked. I think it was a smart move. So that's how I found it. I just, um, yeah, I, I, I like it. The, the um, crime rate seemed okay. The Population is definitely stagnant and not growing, but the vacancy rates were low, and the seller was looking to sell really quickly, and so that allowed me to negotiate really strongly. So I was able to get in for not that much out of pocket, which is really what I'm looking for as I continue to invest. Like, what can let's, I get without putting in a ton of money, my own money? Let's talk specifics. How much did you buy it for, and how much did you put in, and what did they finance? So this was... I think the numbers were it was forty five thousand dollars for the four units. 
I negotiated up actually. The seller agreed to um, eight thousand, which is like most of my closing costs, and then I financed the rest through a private lender. So I came out of pocket uh, about ten thousand, which is half of what I've been doing traditionally. I've pretty much been coming out of pocket for the last couple of years at least twenty thousand. Uh, let's see. So ten k thirty five. Minus ten more be twenty five plus two twenty seven. So you're financing about twenty seven thousand. Yeah. Okay. But what What are the terms on that? The terms are not great at all. <laughs> okay. It was the only loan I could get in the short time frame turnaround. I'm looking at other options because it's a three year loan. So it's twelve uh, percent interest only for three years, and then at that point there's a balloon for the tw- for the twenty seven thousand. And I'd need to figure out if I'm going to find another product with them, pay it off, or do something different. Mm-hmm. It still seemed like a pretty good deal, even though the interest rate's not great and it's interest only because of the cash on cash return. Is there a prepayment penalty on that three year no. loan? No, there's not. If you can pay off at any point, then I imagine there were points at closing that you had to pay. Mm-hmm. I forget how many. I paid points at closing. I still. I forget how many points. I still thought it was worth it because I was getting the support from the seller. Mm-hmm. And so going in with 10000 of my own out of pocket, the cash flow for the four unit, I mean, each unit rents for about 450 So it's still a pretty good deal. You're bringing in about $1,800 in rent yeah. every month. Okay. What are you cash flowing after all the all the the seller financing and the other private other, financing? Yeah, so the seller finance is three fifty a month. The private financing is three sixty three, so that's about seven fifteen. Then there's like maintenance, property management costs, and such. I add an extra two fifty, so that's about let's just round up to like a thousand. That still is about six to eight hundred in cash flow. How did you find a property manager in such a remote area? It was almost impossible. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to find one in a a large city, let alone a city that's has 700 people. It was so hard. Like, that was my blind spot. The agent was very helpful. Because I had, on my own, I was like, oh, I'll just get someone to manage it. I didn't realize it would be a big deal. You know, my properties are all managed by someone here, and they're very easy to find. They're not always great, but they're not hard to find. So I called a whole bunch of people, including the previous property manager, and he was like, no, I'm moving on to bigger projects. I'm moving away. I won't be able to manage it anymore. I called a few other people. They were like, it's a small town. I don't really live close by. No, thank you. And then the um, actual... Um, agent, I reached out to her. I was like, look, I can't do this deal. I can't find a property manager. I don't live there. <laughs> and she referred me to this woman who I now use, who does not live in that town, but she lives in the next town over. So far, she's doing a good job. So the referral came from the agent who had the listing? Yeah. What is that woman charging you? 10%. 10% of the, the collected rents? Mm-hmm. That's a purchase that is cash flowing, and it sounds like as long as you're able to figure out what you're going to do, what are you going to do in three years with this 27K payment? Right. The exit strategy is what, right, what's um, on my mind the most. What the, this private lender said that they're working on other products that will have longer terms, 
that are not interest only, just interest only. So I should stay tuned. So I'm looking into that option. If not, I could, I mean, I, I have enough cash reserved if I needed to cash out, like just pay for it on my own. That's another option. I plan on keeping it. So it's either keeping it with better financing um, or, or just paying it off and then at some point refinancing to get my cash back out. Are you still looking on Craigslist three to four hours yeah, a week? Not yes, I am. Not as much time. I'm still on Craigslist. I don't spend as much time there because I'm actually some of the coaching and mastermind work that I'm doing taking some uh, additional time, um, so I don't spend as much time as I used to. And when I do, I'm helping some of my friends slash clients locate properties. But I love. I mean, I love searching on Craigslist. I just click. I just type in like multifamily in my price range and like seller financing and uh, see what I could find. That's such a simple and beautiful approach. You just type in multifamily, seller financing, and what? And my, my price range. And price range. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tedious. And Craigslist. Yeah. It's very tedious, extremely tedious, but the way I think about it is like if I could find a gem after putting in 15, 20 hours, 30, 40 hours, I don't care. It's like that gem is worth it. Like This property I just described is not perfect, but it's certainly, I'm not finding anything in that market for $45,000 that's going to get like that kind of cash flow at all. It's just, you know, put the time in, find someone who's able to provide some financing to help. And if I could get in with seven to $10,000 out of my pocket, for me, that's not bad because I, I save most of my income at this point. Did you go there to do the inspection? No. Have you to. ever Have you ever seen it in person? Never seen it. When did you close? Not too long ago. I closed in uh, early October. About four months but, ago. Okay. Four months ago. But I have another property in Baltimore that I've never seen either, and that's only an hour from me. This is, that wasn't the first one I had purchased that I'd seen. I did the same thing with my homes in Dallas, Fort Worth, living in New York City at the time. I never saw any one of them before I purchased them. And I bought them, what, starting in 2009? And yeah. what are we in, 2016, seven years later? And I've only seen one or two of them, like maybe twice total at this really? point. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> so it ba- basically you relied on the, the relied on the inspection report then, right? Yeah, the inspector under those circumstances has to be pretty good, pretty thorough, send really detailed pictures, you know, have a, a very lengthy follow-up conversation. And, I mean, in talking to some of my friends and family, they're like, you're nuts. And but for some reason, it felt scary at first, but ultimately, it, because it seemed like such a good deal in both cases when I did it, it didn't, I mean, I, I don't have any regrets. But, yeah, it, it definitely requires you know, relying heavily on outside experts and making a lot of phone calls on your own and asking a lot of detailed questions. But if the numbers are really good and the property is solid, it um, doesn't seem like a, a, a massive risk, especially if you're not putting in a ton of your own money. That's how I thought about it, at least. Nicole, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice is to, I'm a fan of uh, Bigger Pockets, that website, online forum, and uh, house hacking is becoming a popular term. I think people should purchase a fourplex or purchase a property that 
where they can get a lot of help paying for their mortgage. You know, I currently house hack my, my current home that I live in. I mean, I get so much support towards my mortgage. It's insane. And then save and do that every other year. And that, I mean, I mean just using a strategy like that, it's very little out-of-pocket cost. Um, it allows you to potentially live rent slash mortgage free for years. And it's a great way to build up a portfolio with a pretty low level of risk. So my advice would be build financial knowledge, save up some cash, maybe do a FHA loan with 3% down, go for it, get a couple of roommates, keep doing that every year or two. You live in a duplex or a fourplex right now? I live in a 4,000 square foot single family home. I have a um, tenant in my basement, a three bedroom basement, who pays half of my mortgage. And I have um, another roommate who pays another 25% of the remaining half. It's a pretty good deal. And I still feel like the property is big enough where I feel like I live alone. It's, uh, I don't know why more people don't do it. Like I, I'm, I could pay my entire mortgage myself, you know, $2,100, or I could get people to pay it for me. I think whenever I ask, as well as my personal experience is it's the significant other. <laughs> That's why a lot more people don't do it. It's ah. not an alignment of interests on the approach of living in a duplex or a tri or a fourplex. Yeah. Or it's not living in a market that allows that type of approach. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I lived in New York City the last 10 years, moved to Cincinnati now. I'm in Cincinnati, been here for about nine months. But in New York City, I would have jumped all over house hacking. <laughs> and perhaps I could have if I looked in Jersey or something, but I didn't. Yeah. I wanted to uh, still live in Manhattan. I lived in Brooklyn initially, but there, there's no way I could pull off house hacking at least in a best ever listeners if if you're in new york city and you're pulling off house hacking please email me info <laughs> at joe fairless i want to interview you uh, i suspect i won't get an email from anybody <laughs> on this but if i do then i will have determined that i i've i completely missed the boat on what i should have been doing but yeah i love that approach i think it's so smart uh, i'm with you you ready for the best ever lightning round let's do it First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're looking for funding for that fix and flip of yours, then check out Rod Stanback's company. And if you recognize Rod's name, that's because he was a guest on episode 291. His company's called Flip Funding, and they do real estate loans nationwide. Take advantage of the low rates today and the excellent customer service with Rod and his team Go to flipfunding.com, that's F-L-I-P-F-U-N-D-I-N-G.com, or just simply call them at 844-354-7386, that's 844-354-7386. Best ever book you've read? Oh, best ever book. Um, can I get three? Or is that two? Uh, narrow it down. Oh, unfair. Well, um... Narrowing it down is definitely thinking grow rich. I know everyone says that, but it just think that thinking grow rich is huge. I read that ages ago. I'm reading it again, and it's such a mindset shifting read that I think uh, without it, I would not have um, kind of 
seeing certain possibilities that I saw at a young age. Um, I would be, I would have not trusted myself to start investing in real estate at a young age, and I wouldn't be doing uh, masterminds and learning so much from these awesome people either. So, all right, and really quickly, just the names of the other two books: Rich Dad Poor Dad, and The One Thing. Awesome. Best ever personal growth experience, and what did you learn from it? Best ever growth experience? Yep. Um, this is not a fast answer. I would say the um, housing crash 2008 and the panic that ensued and how much I learned about myself as a result. Because I had at that point maybe six units that were all underwater by about 50%. I could have given up then or I could have figured out a new path and I learned to figure out a new path. And what was that new path? To double down. <laughs> I could have just had my properties foreclosed, but instead I chose to stay the course, double down and get a, a lot more properties that were um, undervalued. And now that the market has mostly recovered, I found that it was the right move and I'm happy I didn't panic and sell, but instead I trusted myself and stayed the course. Best ever deal you've done? It's either the Port Jefferson deal or the home I live in now where I have people paying my mortgage for me. <laughs> I don't know yet. One of the two. Best ever way you like to give back? So many ways. Mastermind groups. Huge. Connect with a lot of people. Help them set goals. Get feedback on their goals and go along the way. Just sharing everything I'm learning along this journey with friends, family, and whoever will listen. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Purchasing for speculative purposes, rather purchasing for cash flow. And what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? Um, perhaps my email address, briannicole at hotmail.com. Nicole, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about your very simple and straightforward approach for buying properties outside of your city specifically on Craigslist, where you looked up multifamily, seller financing, put in your price range, and you had a particular city in the Midwest, actually a couple cities or many cities in the Midwest, and you went through the properties and you found a four unit for $45,000 with $8,000 seller financing, $10,000 out of pocket, and you got a uh, essentially hard money uh, loan for 27k with three 12% interest only payments and a balloon after 3 years the rent on that in total is 1800 bucks you've got a property manager who's local which was the biggest challenge as i uh, suspected <laughs> uh, it, but you got it and so far you know it's only been 4 months but so far it's all working out and i'm i'm so happy to hear that and boy it's just really cool to hear a story like that because anybody can do that Anybody. I mean, you got to have 10K in this scenario, but I suspect if we're resourceful enough, we can find properties that will require even less out of pocket or you bump up the find the, the private lending or the hard money terms or, and you know, there, there's always, there's always different ways to recalibrate that, the, the mechanics of the deal, but the, the approach of Craigslist spending three to four hours a week, which is not a lot at all, but it's focused 
on acquisitions. And if we were to spend more hours on Craigslist doing this scenario, then perhaps we might find more properties for the best ever listeners. So thanks so much for being on the show, sharing your advice with best ever listeners. And I hope you have a best ever day. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016.